1: Rise and shine, St. Louis. It's the Ryan Kelly Morning After on KPNTFM
2: HD2, Collinsville, St. Louis, at the Morning After STL on YouTube and on TMASTL.com with Tim McKernan, Doug Vaughn, Iggy Strode,
3: The Plowboy, and Action Jackson.
4: 707 in St. Louis, you're listening to the Ryan Kelly Morning After from the Michelob Ultra Studios. Welcome, friends, to the Mungin-ass St. Louis Acura, Alton Toyota, 7 o'clock hour. Timothy Michael McKernan, Douglas Selvin, Vaughn, Kenneth Iggy Strode, The Plowhawk, Action Jackson with you on the program. Come on in. It's a Friday Orgy. They're calling it uh, in the papers today, in the Globe really? Democrat and the St. Louis Sun and the Suburban Journal's Post Dispatch hasn't commented yet.
1: I huh. always
3: like that sun. I, don't
2: really, I
4: know
3: it didn't do anything, but I always like the, the look of it. <laughs> I, I like the sun. Didn't
2: it's like last. a tabloid shape. Yeah, it didn't
3: last long. but
2: Kevin Horgan, he was the big guy, right?
4: No, It lasted three years. Might be less than that.
2: Yeah.
4: Well, we'll spend so, time on that in the Okay, uh, eight we o'clock, should, hour. yeah. Uh, but you can text in EDF Group text inbox three one four eight eight one TMA five. Call it. We really want to focus on the phone lines today. Do some no. old school, old school radio. But only take calls from ladies 9004 TMA. An email in for our Design Air Heating and Cooling email today, the morning after at insidestl.com. Uh, Doug, uh, people can say St. Louis is not heading in the right direction, but last night the Chicago Cubs were in downtown St. Louis, mm-hmm. and just a few blocks to the west. Club America was in downtown St. Louis as well.
2: And both St. Louis clubs took a drubbing. We got gobsmacked in both games.
4: Why do you say that?
2: Well, we lost 10 3 in baseball and what, 4 0 in soccer?
4: Nope, 4 0.
2: So that's a gobsmacking if ever I've heard it. Not a good night. Okay. I'm beginning to think this Cardinal team is not going to make the playoffs after all.
4: Why do you hate my bets?
2: I don't, well, I don't hate your bets.
4: In the, uh... I... Would you like to buy them off me? We, no. The St. Louis City sell out?
3: Doug, you I, usually I, I always go through. I
2: don't know. Probably. <laughs> well, they well, usually do. a 9 do.
3: o'clock game, and they were playing Mexico that nobody knew about. Yeah. Nobody knew about it. It was a
4: surprise. Well, nobody knew about the team. We Club t- America. Yeah. The I, most popular team from Mexico. Our listeners knew that. Doug, we would didn't. you say more popular than El Tree?
2: I don't even know who El Tree is. Mexican national team.
3: Well, busy night in downtown St. Louis. That's right.
4: Yeah, are there guys who kick with both legs? (laughs) Yes, all of them do. Good morning, I'm a lady, but I have a penis. Can I call in? It's in the 314. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, let's load these phone lines up. Uh, Mm -hmm. 636-9004-TMA. Caller Buzz, Doug. He's the defending champion for the Milagro Tequila Lister of the Month. He wants to become the first back-to-back winner. And he said, holy cow, I just got primed while watching a Chloe. Do you pronounce it Lamore? Chloe... L- I don't know who that is. Threesome. Happy Friday, my beautiful boys. It's from caller Buzz. Now,
2: Louis Lemoore was a, a prolific writer of westerns.
4: But so I don't, that's what he was watching while his
3: wife I assume, was singing?
2: I assume so. Some spaghetti western.
3: And that girl from... Um... God, I always forget the name of the show.
2: Good Can't... story, though.
3: <laughs> uh, I asked Jackson about the other day. if There's going to oh. be a season three. Euphoria. Euphoria. Oh. Uh, that Chloe is in there. That former porn star, the one with the big lips. She's a skinny know, little thing. She was, a, she was, a, I think, a drug addict.
2: <laughs> Gee, that Wild seems unusual. Stuff, you're telling me there's a porn star who was a drug addict? I don't want to believe that. <laughs> today, in, the plow, show, in the show, the
4: plowhawk has decided to communicate solely through the drops.
0: <laughs> well, I actually have a tummy ache too. Oh, no, no, it's like a queasy little. Yeah. What happened? I don't know what
4: happened. Something you ate? Now, if you guys had the crap that me and my family no, have had, I would really feel, I would honestly feel terribly, but Iggy, whatever you had, you said it was a 24-hour thing, and now the plow hawk sounds like you have more of that, because my stuff is, was like, felt like strep throat, but I tested negative and then uh, congestion. So, Doug, there's this is a petri dish of illness inside huh. of this janitorial closet. I guess so. That's always nice.
2: You had a little sinusitis, maybe?
4: Upper respiratory uh, infection is what I was told by uh, my doctor on Mun... Was it Munsbin? I don't know if it's Munsbin. Is it uh, I don't know. It was viral, so... Oh. Just grind through it. What are you going to do?
2: And, uh, Iggy, what did you have? Mal- malaria or a, Yeah, it
3: was just a bug. I mean, I got up. I didn't really <clears throat> sleep that well Wednesday night. And then I got up, took some Pepto-Bismol, and laid down, and thought, eh, maybe I'll go away. I'll go to work, and then it just... It It lingered. Yeah, so I just laid on the couch all day and got up this morning and felt better. So sure. I guess it's 24. But I think I told Tim, I think it's just going in and out of the house, 110 degree heat index, back into the house, 68 degrees, back outside, 110, inside, 68. Yeah, it's does something to your body when you go in and out of hot and cold.
2: I think it can. And, Plowsy, you think you have
0: leprosy? <clears throat> no, I, like, woke up at, like, 315. felt like death. Oh, no, really? What here... were you feeling? Oh, I did I, uh... Had a you feel razor blades in your throat? No, it's more of like a diarrhea, Ooh. Oh. cold sweat. It's not great. So I got here at like 4.15 this morning. So I, hadn't, I mean, I was up and didn't want to wake Madison, so yeah. Grinding, I guess you'd say, Doug. Grinding.
2: Yeah, well, I still got these mosquito bites. Look at the size
4: of this. One. I, got I
2: got more last night. I got more last night.
4: What are you doing out there, bro? I went out to
0: water the flowers.
2: I wasn't out there for ten minutes. At one point I looked down. I got five mosquitoes on one leg. Five. Oh my of God, them. are you serious? I slapped one of them and blood spurted out. Ah. Yes. This is what happened to me. You think you got it, bad. I'm not gonna be much good to you.
4: I don't play if I saw five mosquitoes in my leg, I'd run like the dickens. Five. You just spray off in there or something?
2: Well, I thought, you know, I thought I could go water flowers for five minutes, ten minutes, and not have to spray everything. Nope. Ew. So I got it bad, and that ain't good. <sighs> you well, know, when
3: you're when it gets hot like this, those and that was outside, but you just open the door for a second. Those insects
4: are smart. They need to come inside. that's cool? If smart. Uh, KG, is KG in O town here today?
2: Not to my knowledge. Okay. I don't think so.
4: You never know if he's in that Horton Watkins studio. Yeah. Uh, he says, uh, "Proud of you, Plowsy, for battling through." And then a little kiss emoji. Doug, you see, would you call that a kiss emoji? That little those uh, lips. It
3: looks
2: like it to me.
4: Yeah, we know what you did there.
2: <laughs> what did he do? I didn't battle through it. I took the day off.
3: Oh. Well, you know, part timers get airtime when I take off.
2: <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> well, it seems almost like he's a full-time guy. No, he's here a lot.
3: Yeah, but you don't get you don't get paid when you just walk in and oh do nothing.
2: Well, it was nice of him to pat Plowsy on the back, though.
3: Yeah, that is. I would have taken off if I felt like that, Plowsy.
0: Yeah, I just, I mean, I'm taking Wednesday and Friday for vacation, and I don't like putting Jackson in a spot anyways.
3: You're coming back Thursday and going back Friday? No, Wednesday Wednesday through through Friday. Friday. Yeah, I thought I said
0: that, yeah. Uh, So I'm already taking three days off, so I thought I'd grind through. It's not great, but I'm here. You don't lose lose any
2: weight when you get sick, do you? I'd hate to see it drop down to, like, 98 pounds or something.
0: I don't think so. I just refuel whenever I, like, end up, you know, feeling better.
2: All
0: right. Well, what are you taking now? You taking anything for this? Uh, I mean, I had Pepto-Bismol, like, tablets. Yeah? And that was it. Yeah, it seemed to work. It settles the stomach down. Yeah, I took it a couple uh, couple hours ago and it's not working. God, we are a sickly
4: crew. We are. Jackson, how are you feeling? I feel like a million bucks. Oh. Uh, well, this is a guy who is openly auditioning for the blues uh, television color analyst mm-hmm. job. And, really? Uh, yep. Yeah, Jackson announced yesterday. That'd be fun.
2: <laughs> he doesn't know a thing about the sport.
4: That's why to be fun.
5: Bingo. Bingo, eggs. See, Iggy's on my side.
4: Okay. Ken, who smokes a pack of cigarettes a day, is lamenting the negative health impacts of going in and out of air conditioning. Thanks. That's from Arbor Day. Mm-hmm. Well, that's true. Smoking to give me a stomach, egg.
2: Well, it may have contributed to it.
4: Guys, if we were to track it, who puts in more hours a week, Iggy or KG in O-Town? That's from Mrs. Gianni Shanahan. Doug, do you track it? I, I, know, I, you, don't. I know you have a sp- I spreadsheet. I, Doesn't I,
5: KG I... track it? He's in charge of human resources. Yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so he might doctor his own numbers.
4: <laughs> Guys, I had to PLTD the final two hours yesterday. Was there a lifetime ban imposed on the creep who took the candid pick of Jackson at the gym? For punishment, they should have to walk in front of Dartley guy. Doug, that's Alan uh, oh. Dadeville, and he may or may not have poisoned uh, the tree at uh, Toomer's Corner.
2: Dartley guy was going to take on all of us. At he
4: moment. was. Buck Swope in particular. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I
6: just don't understand guys sending pictures of other guys junk.
2: Oh, <laughs> no, I wouldn't understand that either. Are Doug. you over the trauma of having your photo snapped at the gym, Jackson? Yeah, it's, I'm fine.
4: Don't okay. worry about me. Yeah, no, that that was just like a random number, too. I don't think it was a number that's uh, saved with a name.
5: No, I can't remember that.
2: I don't think it was.
5: Yeah. Uh,
4: sweet, sweet right. Kai says the following. Um, yeah. Doug, do you have a problem? When somebody- I do.
2: I don't like that.
4: Um, yeah, so the insecure STL City fans are butthurt that Club America fans brought it more than them. The doggies got schmacked by that Mexican side. That's from Sweet Sweet Kai, and he's texting in from a coal mine in West Virginia. Oh. Bundesliga, second <laughs> Bundesliga.
1: Bundesliga.
4: So they
3: can't win, is this the Conclave Cup? <laughs> Cut that off. that Conclave <laughs> Cup? No. Conclave is You wrong. nailed it.
2: Concacaf.
4: Know what and this is, this is the no. league's cup, no, and they not. have been eliminated. Actually, oh, so they got some time off. They're not losers.
2: <laughs> so, the fans were upset that there was a lot of I was aware America of that part. Fans here, there was,
5: yeah, there was a huge wall of them on the uh, do really? you have a huge
4: you have a problem with that a huge wall? wall?
5: They traveled
2: up here from Mexico
4: for this game, a huge fan. the New York Yankees of Mexico,
2: yeah, they had a. Big, big supporter section.
4: Really? hmm I didn't know that there was a tension between the two fan
5: bases? That I cannot speak to. Uh, Jackson,
4: how'd you feel about Club America's uh, kits?
5: Not bad. I wasn't against them. wasn't for them. I liked them. Yeah. I didn't think I was nonplussed by them. But like, I'm Don't so- say nonplussed. Oh, plus. man, I like Don't that. Don't say God, nonplussed. I like that a lot. Uh, I like the like the shoulder designs. Like I thought but that was you like the shoulder I didn't pads. See the it's the uniforms. 1980s. It was like the Gorny <laughs> Weaver and Melanie Griffith and Working Girl.
2: Oh, yeah. I didn't see it.
5: That's. I was thinking. I was like, man, this is so much like Working Girl when I was watching right. the game. <laughs>
2: uh,
5: no, I. You know, I'm so used to. I think the MLS uniforms for the most part are pretty weak. Uh, there's a lot of bad ones out there. So Give me like, an
4: example of one.
5: Oh boy! Whatever Toronto came out with the cotton candy specials when oh. they played cotton against candy the dogs. Specials. Those were terrible. Those were awful. Uh, Inter-Miami and Messi. Guy comes to America, he has to wear this hot pink uniform. Not great. With a collar. I don't get the soccer collars.
3: I like a nice nice tie-dye.
0: Do
2: you?
5: (laughs) Then you would have loved the Toronto uniforms they wore. They were kind of tie-dye. Club America had
4: some cute little players. Lots of hip hairstyles. That's from Sweet Sweet Kai.
2: I think the worst uniforms I've seen in a long time was what Great Britain wore in the World Baseball yeah, Classic. But that was like, Sharp.
5: That was like they, like, Times New Roman printed out a copy paper and slapped that on their yeah. chest.
4: Guys, MLS kits are horrible, let's just say it. That's from the total package.
2: Yeah, it's, they're
4: you,
5: not
2: great. You think all the Mexican fans are people, are Mexican-Americans who live around here? Or you think they actually traveled up from Mexico to That's, see this game? I'd say both. Both of them. There's a lot
4: of flights in and out of St. Louis nonstop to Mexico City. Uh, so, probably pretty convenient. What would you say? Is that a four-hour flight, Doug?
2: I wouldn't know. It's got to be a lot longer than that.
4: Mexico City to St. Louis?
2: I bet it's four hours. I bet bet it's farther than that. That
5: number sounds
3: right.
2: It's
5: way Mexico City, pretty far south. I would
3: guess it's mainly people who live around St. Louis who want to go see their team, who are from... Probably. Who are Mexican, who are living in the States.
2: I mean, just to fly to Phoenix is, what, two and a half hours? Three hours?
4: I mean, this is a Mexico, Yeah, I would say four hours. I this is because Seattle's. Be I've, I've done Seattle quite a bit. Seattle's four, four and a half.
3: It was a nonsense game. Yeah. We travel four and a half hours to go. League's Cup, bro. <sighs> now
2: don't get don't get nonplussed. There you go, Doug. It's like if you took
3: time. <laughs> off. It's like if you took time off in the middle of the season and played the uh, World Baseball Classic.
5: The NBA is literally doing that next season. They are having an in-season tournament. I think. In Las Vegas. I think this is going to be. Maybe not for all sports, but it's going to be becoming more and more popular.
3: Well, the NBA is a little bit different than the MLS.
5: Yeah, but I'm saying, like, soccer does in-season tournaments around the world. Like, this is not a new thing. Sorry, Tom is out. Yeah. Tom is upset about it, but he'll get over it. <laughs>
4: Their stadium fits 90,000 people. It's not a stretch to think they travel well. That's from the 314. Mm-hmm. Their flag said they were from Chicago. That's from the 314. Oh, that could
2: be. There's a lot of Mexican-Americans in Chicago. Yeah,
5: they could be coming from all over the this union and uh, our friends to the south.
4: Jackson, why do you hate pink and yellow kits? That's from the 618.
5: Yes, yeah, doesn't, it doesn't work for me personally, but, you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder.
4: Yeah. Hey, man, that's my credo. Penny save, Penny Aaron. This is crazy, this is crazy, this is crazy. I'm yeah. in deep. I'm in deep. Me and my boys are doing a diaper party at a cabin in the woods. The idea of us just wearing diapers and drinking sea shanties have been kicked around. Jackson, you in? That's from caller Buzz. That's He's a the horrible GM. 2023 Milagro Tequila listener of the month.
5: You don't mm. drink sea shanties. You you warble them. You sing them. You get around and you start tapping and singing. You don't drink sea shanties. You drink boat drinks. Get it right, Buzz.
4: Spread my cheeks and plunge your tongue into my salad until I finish oh. you coal mining pivot pledge. That's from a recovering alcoholic from <laughs> Belleville and Webster Groves. Oh, he is really—he's so domineering God, with sweet sweet Kai mm. and Jackson, but yet so submissive with me in Wellington. Why is that? <laughs> I don't know what that's about. It's such a role reversal. <laughs> <laughs> mm. It's not like
5: a height thing because you know, well he's tall and you're a little shorter Tim and then I'm tall. I like that I'm
4: a little shorter. Yeah.
5: And then but you and Sweet Sweet Kai kind are of like the same height. Oh, is
4: so. that a sweet sweet guy's kind a of smaller gentleman?
5: A little bit, yeah. What makes him so sweet sweet? Well he was <laughs> sour and he, then he turned sweet. Oh, what happened? Uh mature, maturity. Huh. I think he would agree.
2: He was a bitter younger gentleman? Not bitter, <laughs>
5: but you know he had some malintent in his heart.
2: Malintent.
3: <laughs> is he better looking than my Kai?
2: Uh, your Kai. <laughs> you know,
5: I love, one of my favorite things to do is judge men's cuteness in their mid-twenties. Oh, so, uh put that off. I would say part. yes, because SGO Kai kind of has the the South County mustache going on, and it's
3: not necessarily Whole more.
2: What makes a mustache South County in nature? Uh, Doug? Yeah.
5: I don't know. I don't like
3: the Miles Michaelis mustache?
5: no. No, that's more like uh, Yellowstone. A little patchy, like a patchy mustache.
2: Yeah, not a good one?
5: Yeah, no offense to my friends in South County.
4: Yeah. Do you have any friends in South County? A
5: couple, three maybe.
2: Yeah.
4: I'm going to call.
5: Uh, I mean, Private Citizen Pete is is born and bred in South County. He lives so in South County? Doesn't live there currently, but is from there.
2: Where does South County start exactly?
5: Jackson? South of 44?
2: South of 44? Uh, that's probably accurate, I guess.
4: So
5: would, would like Viani just be right on the border
4: there? Yeah, Viani yeah. the Central Corridor. He's right then. on forty four. Yeah. That's a big win.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Kai must have a lot going on lately. He's uh he was in charge of VIP and backstage for Kodiak Black the other night.
2: Who's this now? Kodak.
3: Kodak Black.
2: Kai down in Miami. Friend yeah. of the Florida
3: Panthers luxury yeah. suite. Now he's like uh yeah. selling VIP passes in. and backstage with Kodak Black.
5: You say he was doing security?
3: No, he <laughs> was <laughs> I was say, he's like 140 pounds. He was like his, one of his reps or something. I don't know what he's doing. He's still trying to get
2: in at one of his parties. <laughs>
3: if I go to Miami, I'll hang out with him. But...
2: Any plans to go down there soon? No, we could have went
3: uh, last weekend. It was the, uh, or the weekend before, it was the uh, Exotica in Miami.
2: Least and I when you say we, you mean. Biff,
3: my sugar daddy. Oh. <clears throat> well, he would have went. Yeah. But. um... I don't know. A lot of the big... least Ann was there, but a lot of the big stars don't go.
6: I like kittens and bunnies.
3: But I don't think she was there.
2: Well, it would have been a good time to go to Miami.
3: It would. It's just, it's just not enough big stars are there. You'd be doing interviews with a bunch of B-Less porn
2: stars. Now you're going to cover the event, not just show up. <laughs> oh, I was going to yeah, do interviews for the show.
3: And then Biff would do about 20 on his phone, and then we'd never hear him. Yeah.
2: Well, I guess if you're going to Sneak into an event like that. You have to act like you're working or you get thrown out. I wouldn't sneak in. I would have gotten credentials.
3: They sent me, because we were going to go last year, and I sent in credential request, but I used my Hubbard email. For some reason, something with the uh, three X's in it uh, won't let me open it. Yeah, probably a good thing. So on, I, I couldn't, I couldn't open it. Part of it Hubbard's security. Re- I, I couldn't open it to request for credentials anyway.
2: Huh. Would Hubbard even want you Asking for credentials for such an event?
3: Well, I think they know about the show. They know not. what we
2: talk about on the show. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe they don't listen. That'd have been fun. Okay. <laughs> and it's just you and that one other guy, are the only other people that ever asked for credentials? To...
3: I don't I've never been to an exotica. AVN has tons of credentials.
2: Like how many?
3: I don't know. hundred?
2: No. Yeah, Who would you have to work for to actually cover that? A lot of TV stations, a lot of porn. TV stations (laughs) do not cover that. No, I will not accept that. Almost every
3: porn magazine out there. Herb Humphreys was there, Doug Knight said. Porn porn podcast was there. Barstow was there one year.
2: That'll do it. Back to you, Steve. (laughs) TV stations. TV stations don't cover that. Local
3: news. Maybe local news. No, they don't. (laughs) It's a big day here in Vegas, Susie, is the... AVNs are in town. Let's go down to the floor and Johnny Johnson.
2: Johnny Johnson doesn't <laughs> cover that. He coaches. Budget cuts.
4: Guys, I'm here with oh. Sheree DeVille. Now that's Ned Reynolds. Hey, Tim, I know someone named Kai, too. Tim, let me talk now. Tim, Tim. That's from Chief of the Hotel? Chief of the Hotel's new. Uh-huh. Is he new?
2: Yeah, I've not heard that name. I wouldn't mind being Chief of a Hotel.
4: Yeah, what a good dig. Yeah. Yesterday was an awesome show, playful, fun banter, which breezed by, which led to the longest segment in show history. Today, the first five minutes, Papa screeched the show to a grinding halt by having a stroke on air about a show he didn't know the name of and the network it's on. He literally just said it's the show with the tiny girl with the lips. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> Some Scooter. I don't. Rick, I feel no. like that would have activated me had I heard it's the show with the tiny girl with the lips.
3: Well, that's what I said. Then I said her name was Chloe. <laughs> <laughs> so if you follow porn, you may have known who I was talking to. I was just trying to f- come up with the last name because I've watched some of her stuff
4: and she's pretty good. Doug, I saw uh. Keith Morrison at the 2019 ABNs. That's oh. <laughs> from Father Brown. <laughs> I like Keith Morrison. Dateline.
2: So what were you doing here on such an evening as? It's pretty odd that you would be there. Coincidence? No <laughs> <laughs> Greatest voice in network news. I guess that's news. Does that counts. <laughs> well, we'll
4: count it for the purpose of the yeah. argument. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Doug, there, 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 there are topics uh, outside of the show on what network with the skinny girl with the lips. I said HBO. I know what <laughs> network it's on. <laughs> But uh it's up to you what you want the lead to be. Okay. Uh you, I know you were at the League's Cup last night. I wasn't. Uh it's too I know late. you were at the Cardinals and Cubs game as well. No. And, I
2: was uh, outside getting bit up by mosquitoes. Oh, no, that's
4: right. And uh you had Miles Michaelis getting ejected yeah. out of nowhere, a banty, Chip Carey and Brad Thompson. Oh yeah. That's uh good. and I it would say justifiably so, by the way. And the Los Angeles Times report that has been castigated by many in St. Louis is just false, which is phenomenal. But either way, I remember the last time the Los Angeles Times was reporting things St. Louisans didn't like. Oh. So anyway, uh, Doug, you, it's a Sadie Hawkins, and we're at a square dance, and you're the cute little girl with pigtails oh. who I'm going to dance with.
2: I guess it's the Cardinals because that was such an unusual situation.
4: Tra-la-la-la-la-la. bizarre All, right. All, All right. right, let's hear the Cubs call of Miles Michaelis getting tossed okay. after Ian Happ swings and his follow-through okay. hits Wilson Contreras, uh, causing him to bleed. He leaves the game. Miles Michaelis then throws a pitch in tight, misses him, and then he throws again right in the buttocks and hits oh. him. And the umpires get together and they <laughs> toss him. Here we go.
6: Michaelis goes inside (laughs) with one at 94. Intent, probably not, but maybe. Definitely, wow, that's weak. That's some weak sauce there. That's really weak. I mean, there's nothing intentional about what Ian did. Wilson took no umbrage. you saw him hug. And that's that's just dumb, really. I mean to me I feel like they're I, I'm not advocating but if they were to throw him out of the game here Yeah, I would say that yeah, that might be what they're play. discussing. I was clearly intentional. I th- clearly intentional. Maybe that's a guy who doesn't want to pitch on a hot night He's gone. He threw him out. Yeah. Yep Thinks he's got an argument, yeah. and I'm sure Ollie Marmol's going to stick up for his guy. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm this is one of the things as a manager, you know, your guys made a, a, a dumb mistake, and, and guys sometimes in the heat of battle do dumb things. Three batters in, and their starting battery is gone.
4: Uh, here is the Cardinal call. Okay, the, you know, is it about the same tenor? I would I would say slightly different. You'll notice if you pay close attention. Uh-huh
6: buzz the tower once, got him flushed the second time, and now let's see if the umpires issue warnings after well. Hap knocked Contreras from the game. Well, you, you see that Hap knew exactly what was going on, too, didn't say a word, took his bag, caught him right in the hip. If you're going to get him, that's exactly where you get him, did the job the right way. They're going to talk it over, they'll issue warnings. They're going to throw him out. Wow, they just threw Michaelis out of the game. you got to be kidding me. You have got to be kidding me. Have a little feel for baseball. Have a little feel for the game.
4: Brad Thompson. That's oh. about as banties I've ever heard. Brad yeah, Thompson. we haven't heard him get angry yet. Uh, Chip Carey threw it to break by saying the Cubs and the umpires lead. <laughs> uh, here is what Miles Michaelis had to say. Okay, I'd like to he hear did. that. But
1: yeah, you know, I was a little surprised. Um, you know, I, you know, threw a pitch inside. You know, it got him, and uh, you know, he was just, he was just going to take his base. You know, there was there was no chirping or anything um, between sides. He was going to take his base, and I was waiting on. On the next ball go get the next hitter and um you know they had a meeting and, and decided to toss me if
6: there was intent if, and
1: they mentioned
6: the previous pitch right would you think a, a warning would have been issued at that point
1: yeah you know you know if i could trade this guy to report my locker uh you know i throw inside to a lot of guys um you know i threw an inside and it hit him and you know there was no warning and um you know the umpires couldn't believe what whatever they want to believe they had a meeting and you know, that was their choice. Um, you know, they, they believe that, um, that there was intent there, and that was, you know, that's, that's all the reasoning um, umpires need. You know, everyone's entitled to, you know, see what happens and, and make their own decisions and, you know, have their own opinions, and uh, that was theirs.
4: Like, there it is.
1: Huh. So, he so was the scouting inside.
2: report said that he often throws inside right after his catcher gets hit in the head with a bat. Should have known that. Well, according to the ru- according to the rules, <coughs> the umpires were correct to throw him out. If they think you intentionally threw at somebody, you're supposed to throw them out. And clearly, he intentionally threw at him—not once, but twice.
4: What makes you say that, though?
2: Well, I'm not—I haven't seen the scouting report, so I don't really know that he usually throws at a guy right after his catcher gets gets hit. I think it's kind of—it's bad that the. Unwritten rules of baseball say that you have to throw at somebody after... A... It was clearly just an accident. That's right. Just an axe. He didn't
3: mean to do it, so you don't have to throw at him. Yeah, and with the Cubs announcers there, I mean, you you saw, I saw on the replay that, you know, Hap hugged him. He was apologizing. Yeah. So why you hit him?
4: He didn't do it on purpose. No. I saw Wilson Contreras' postgame comments, watching it on the Bailey's app, which, by the way, when you open it up, still has Mike Schilt. And uh, he <laughs> said that we're... Uh, We're good friends, and he apologized for it, but he said, I know there was no intent. And then he goes, well, how do you feel about Miles sticking up for you? And he goes, oh, well, uh, you'd have to ask him about that. (laughs) (laughs) He probably didn't remember it. It's nice when teammates have your back.
2: uh, It does rob the fans who came to see a better game than they got of watching a, a good pitcher pitch, take some of the entertainment value away. It's a shame in that situation they don't have, like, a yellow card and a red card. That was probably a yellow card where don't do that again as opposed to a red card. All right, enough. You're out. They don't have that in baseball. Maybe you've noticed they don't have that. An an ejection seemed a little bit extreme, but the way the rules are right now, that's what they're supposed to do. I don't think you should ever throw at someone intentionally because careers are at risk. A guy's livelihood and, and health is at risk. Now, he didn't throw the ball very hard. That where he hit him was not gonna be a
4: his buttocks.
2: You know, a, yeah, jeopardize his career anyway. But that first pitch was mid nineties, pretty high and
4: tight. That one was high and tight. The yeah. one that hit him was right on the edge.
2: Yeah, the one that hit him didn't didn't hurt him very much. But I don't think you should ever intentionally throw at somebody. I don't think you should ever do that.
4: Contreras is just hedging his bets hoping he'll go back to the Cubs. That's from Wolfboy. <laughs>
5: And Michaelis was getting into it with what it looked like Marcus Stroman after uh, he was heading
2: to the uh, dugout.
5: Yeah,
4: Marmol said that they were irritated that the Cubs were laughing about it on the other side.
2: Yeah, the whole dugout was laughing. Yeah.
5: Yeah. But Michaelis was making like the little too short gesture, which would make you think. Too
4: of, short from Oak Town, Doug? I'd
5: go on and on. Yeah, there you go. Um, but
4: so I'm in concert with Jamie th-
5: Foxx,
2: odd concert. What does that mean, too short? Well, Stroman
5: is notoriously short. And he was the one who seemed to be uproariously laughing. So I think Michaelis was uh, getting into it with
2: him. Same with Jack Flaherty, who was also pointing at him. That's what I saw, at least. Huh. I saw Michaelis point to his hip, like, as if to say, I hit him down here. I didn't hit him up high. But then it kind of got lower and made the little...
5: I don't know. Mm -hmm. It could be it, Doug. But Stroman was certainly the one laughing the hardest.
4: this is interesting. KG in O-Town says when you have the best college football coach in the country in the house, you have to show some stones... Eli Drinkwitz threw out the first pitch last night. Yeah, Do you think that that's what that was about?
2: Probably had something to do with it, yeah. Had a glove.
4: I see well, uh, in the picture the cage, you know doesn't send any Did he I, I like to have a glove. a glove
2: when I throw too? It doesn't feel right to throw a baseball without a glove. It's on. like a balance thing. Yeah. And he may have warmed up a little bit before he went out there to throw. He may have warmed up underneath the stands. I, I don't blame him for having a glove. Yeah,
3: he get, get it over the plate?
2: I didn't see the pitch. Coming know. down. Truman is down.
4: Garden they're winning down. eight this year. Fredbird down. Maybe nine, maybe ten. Maybe they wouldn't the whole damn thing.
2: I, I don't think so.
4: Brady Cook got a hole in one yesterday? I saw that.
5: know yeah. He went long sleeves on a hundred and one degree day. I saw from that picture.
4: You need to find the Camo X audio. Uh Rooney was Banty. That's from the Chastity Cage salesman. This guy sells chastity cages? No. <laughs> Well, Guys who drink fly the W last night. That's from the 3-1-4.
2: (laughs) You better not have. Again, I don't know what the umpires are supposed to do there. You put them in a tough spot. I know as as the home team, we're supposed to get really mad that they did this. But if you're the umpire, that's what you're supposed to do according to the rules. You're supposed to throw them out. Whether it happened two batters into the game or in the ninth inning.
4: That's My a, belief is there's carryover from the Cardinals and the fan base from the Ron Culpa debacle of last Friday Which really did I mean if there was any hope in this team mounting a, a Charge and they were on a streak going into that it did effectively end it and
2: yeah, Those it, two those two I mean, that strike was calls
4: mind-blowing mm-hmm.
2: uh,
4: And so then you face this team six days later And you have that. But by the letter of the law, I completely understand what the umpires are doing. The issue is he missed him with the first pitch. I think if he Uh hits him with the first pitch, I don't think you have him get tossed. You know what I'm saying?
2: If he just stopped with the first pitch, if just high and tight once without hitting him and gone on, I think that would have been enough. Or why do you even have to do that? Yeah, It was an accident. Now, granted, an accident like that could really really screw up somebody i mean you could you get hit in the head with a bat you know there's potential death there not just a nick in the head who knows what kind of damage that could do but nonetheless he didn't mean to the
3: problem is, is we all know that he tried to hit him but the fact is we don't know I mean, we can look at it and say well he missed high and tight then he hit him we thought he was hitting but you got to be a mind reader to go ahead and enact that rule you're reading a guy's mind
2: well, it was pretty obvious, though, wasn't it? Well, I'm saying it
3: looked obvious. But we don't know for 100% sure that he did it because we're just
4: guessing. Well, I'll well, you the a... X audio if you want to play that. You yeah, see yeah, the sc-
2: scouting report says he throws inside.
4: Yeah, he yeah. throws inside a
2: lot. All right, hit the lever, Plowsy.
6: And the pitch. Hap takes up an in for a ball. Three and one. Interesting. Interesting pitch there from miles. That's all I'll say about that. Thank you Forrest Gump <laughs> The 3-1 hit him And Hap turns and he heads to first base It's still interesting Well Happ is uh, I think Hap is walking the first base saying you know, I, I, I understand I And the umpires are now conferring between the mound and first base about whether or not they need to issue a warning or whether you just move on from that. And I think anything you do, it would escalate it. I think, honestly, I think it's done right now. I think it's absolutely done. Oh my goodness. Miles Michaelis has been kicked out of the game. That's ridiculous. That's taking it too far. Unbelievable. Ricky, I'm stunned. Well, it's it's very unfortunate. I understand why Miles uh, did what he did, and he's protecting his catcher. He's protecting his team. uh, And what the umpires have done is they've just changed this game. They have, just like they did in the series in Chicago. And Mm -hmm. players used to uh, run the game. The the players would handle things, and you know if Hap would have made a big kind of to do about it that's one thing but I think Hap felt that the uh, the uh, things were even at that point now there's some yelling going on from the Cubs side and Miles is uh, yelling to them as well which I think is a you know the sportsmanship that Ian Hap showed I think the Cubs dugout is off on this one I mean just let it go he hit him in the back he didn't hit him in the head I mean this is not and Flaherty is pointing over to the Cub dugout yeah. right now. I think what the umpires have done here—they've just made it worse. One the, hundred I told, I said it was over. And if they would have conferred on it, issued a warning, then it would have been over, and you just move on. But they have just made it. Unfortunately, uh, no. Lance Barksdale wanted to kick somebody out. That's what it came down to. God.
2: Well, I think had they had a chance to do it over again, the umpires would have issued a warning after that first pitch.
4: First, well, I don't know about that. I think that's I, results-oriented. I
2: think, I think that the, that was the time to do it, though, because you could tell right then that he was throwing at him or, or sending a message. So you sent the message, okay, now here's the warning, don't, that's it, that's enough. I think that would have stopped it.
4: I mean, it, with knowing the result, yeah, but I don't think that—because, I mean, that, that's a, just— a, I agree that both broadcasts observed that that was of note— but then you're you're really putting a pitcher in a weird spot if he if one does get away, but the second one I would say yes, that's that's crystal clear, and I don't think anybody would have had a problem with it at that point. So the reaction of the Cardinals and the broadcast team I think speaks to that that was uncharacteristic. But I also think it, I I don't think if the culpa thing happens last Friday, I don't think there would have been this irritation factor, even though it wasn't Ron Culpa who was tossing him.
2: No.
3: And I don't think Barksdale came out that night and said, yeah, I'm going to throw somebody out tonight.
2: No. Course, I just Blakey think if Horton said that. Had they issued or that or warning, they, would, said that. they wouldn't have had to throw Michaelis out of the game. They issue warnings all the time when they think someone was throwing at somebody.
4: Colorado says, can we please play back the audio of Iggy's last quote? It was something along the lines of, we all know he didn't try to hit him, but then we don't know. That's from Carl Ellen.
3: No, I said hmm. we all know that he. It looked like he tried to hit him, but we don't know for a hundred percent.
2: Well, no, but at some point, uh, officials in all sports have to judge intent. If there's an intent to injure, or wait, nobody knows a hundred percent sure. But you can kind of figure it
3: out. You basically have a rule, but we're going to read his mind. and We're going to make a call by knowing he did that. You don't know. You don't know a hundred percent. You can look at it and say, yeah. Pretty sure you tried to hit him on purpose, but you don't know
4: 100%. I hate to say it, but the Cardinals look bad with this whole thing. Very entitled looking. I love the club, but it makes us look like a laughing stock. That's from the 636.
5: Well, laughing stock might be harsh. Yeah. Team, they're rival teams. A little bad blood, never hurt anybody.
4: Please tell me, KG. The simp of Mr. Licks is not in today. That's from the warson Woods Wacko Jackson. He is not in.
5: Uh, you know, it's not a very big studio, so right. I have a feeling if he was here, I would uh pick We'd up see on him. it. Yeah. yeah. So uh, no, does not look like KG
2: is here.
3: Look at that, Doug. He's not. No, oh, he's yeah. texting in quite a bit. So
2: <laughs> this, this, what happened in the Cardinal game would have been a lot worse had the Cardinals actually been in the race. You know, if they were a game out or a game ahead, yeah. and you have a a game tossed out on you like that, that it would have made it a lot worse. The fact that it doesn't really matter in the big scheme of things, I guess. Yeah, maybe. To the well,
4: Cubs it. are on a heater. They're now 500, and so when you have a four-game series and the team's battery is gone the first inning, that is quite advantageous for the series. It doesn't oh, mean yeah. that they'll win all four games or they'll win three games, but it increases the favor of your success because the bullpen has to get dug into. And so, Doug, you call him Dak Hudson. Had to come really out there, and that. he pitched seven scoreless. Uh, no, he got dis-
2: knocked around. Okay,
4: I got a different box score. Yeah,
2: he got knocked around.
4: Uh, I do have this up, though. C.D. Longo and Doug Biggs. They're with the Longo Biggs Injury Law Firm, and they'll take the compl- complication and hassle out of your injury claim. They will deal with the insurance company and take the fight head-on, allowing you to get back to what's important, which is recovering from your injury cases. In injury cases, there could be a lot of money on the line, and you shouldn't trust your case with just anyone. When you're injured by someone else's negligence, justice is paid, and dollars and CD and Doug will fight to get you every dollar you deserve. It's Longo Biggs Injury Law. Longo Biggs Injury Law accepts personal injury, wrongful death, brain injury, and other catastrophic injury cases. Go online at LongoBigs.com. Let them know you're a TMA listener. And remember, the choice of an attorney is an important decision and should not be based solely on on advertisements. Doug, our title sponsor's name is Ryan Kelly, and he's online at the
2: You know what he wants to do, and that's get you out of credit card debt. It's at an all-time high, credit card debt, almost a trillion dollars in the United States alone, on average $7,000 per adult, with an average interest rate paying over 25%, and it's getting higher by the day. Credit card companies don't mind that. They like you to be in debt. They want to make it easy for you to use the card, and that's how they make their money, and most people's pay Just not keeping up with inflation, it's harder than ever to not use your credit card. The solution is to let Ryan Kelly and the Home Loan Experts get you a new one low monthly payment for everything. The good news is your home values are way up. You probably have access to more cash than you think. Check out the options. Ryan Kelly and the Home Loan Experts can work out for you to see just how much money they can save you with a simple cash out refi. They've got that 10 day closing guarantee. You can get on the path to financial freedom sooner than you think by getting out of credit card debt. Stop making the greedy credit card companies rich. Apply online today at thehomeloanexpert.com. Thank you, Ryan Kelly. Thank you so much, Sir Mortgage.
4: There it is. Ryan Kelly online at the Home Loan Expert. Com. Title sponsor for a decade. If you are looking to buy a home or you are looking to refinance, you can text in EDF Group, text inbox 314881 TMA5. And call in, and it's uh, nothing but females on hold right now. Doug, as usual on Fridays, yep. that's the way that, that it seems to work. It, it's always that way. Six three six nine zero zero four TMA, and uh, and then of course email in for our design, air heating and cooling. Email today, sweet mother of mercy, was it hotter than a fire's a hell out there yesterday?
2: Oh, well, did you play golf?
4: Uh, I actually did. Just I practiced more than anything, but uh, and then I barbecued. But God Almighty! Uh, and today, let's see what we got. Are we going to the hundreds? We are. We are at 4 p.m. Now, it's according oh, really? to the Apple phone. I don't know. You know, the forecast, I'm told, by weather people is garbage on the iPhone. But either way, uh, if your air conditioning goes out, design air, heating, and cooling is where you're going to go. You're going to go to designairservice.com. Put it in your phone. Put it in. Yeah. Designairservice.com. And then you click on the right. book now tab. And then Seth Goldcamp and his staff, they'll be out there. And I would tell you, lickety-split. Because uh, with the heat we're going to experience in the St. Louis area, your air conditioning goes out. You need it taken care of super fast. They did that for my in-laws a couple of weeks ago. They did it for the Warson Woods Wacko this week. Did they really? We'll do it for anyone. Well, we're clients, Doug. We would know. Design Uh Air Heating and Cooling online at designairservice.com. The standings for the Design Air Heating and Cooling email of the month. Buck Swope with a one-goal lead on Brian Henschen. And those two are the only ones alive for the win this month because the others, such as Do I Go Through KG and O-Town, Kevin Miller, Tiger Terry, the JV Golf Coach, and Doty's Magic Fingers have all been eliminated. So that's it. Yeah. This is Buck Swope's month or this is Brian Henton's month. And that's it.
2: Mm, two old veterans.
4: And we only got two emails left. Today in Munsbit, And then it's on to Carnoustie.
2: Then it's on to August. Gosh, school starts again in like two weeks. That's hard to believe, isn't it? Uh, Summer goes by so fast and winter just drags.
4: Couldn't agree with you more. We're in lockstep on it. No, no. It just. I drags. go into a dark place when I see leaves on the ground. Yeah, a dark, dark, dark place. Me too. Uh, yeah, my, uh, one of our uh, babysitters last night was saying that uh, one of her friends who goes to Wardam Eagle, Auburn, has already left for school. For school? Yeah, how about that? It's at the end of July, and they're already leaving. They can't wait to
2: get back to the partying.
4: Oh, War Damn Eagle.
2: Classes probably don't start for two or three weeks.
4: Maybe at War Damn Eagle, they're all excited about Hugh Freeze. You
2: think that's, let's get back early for Hugh Freeze? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) They're going to go watch camp. I don't know that they even let you watch camp. They sure doing it in Columbia. No. They don't let the media <laughs> watch, that's for sure. They let him in like one day, <laughs> first Colonel, day.
4: Colonel gets asked questions. Yeah. Well, as you know, we're not allowed to see anything. Yeah. <laughs> no. He, he
5: lets people know.
2: Top, top secret.
4: <laughs> uh, Doug, uh, the other story of note, uh, the Los Angeles Times in what in St. Louis is being called clickbait is an ama- amazing thing, as opposed to the meat of the story being discussed uh it's just being cast as false i'm 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 kind of that that reaction is just amazing to me actually i guess i shouldn't be surprised no you agree with me that i shouldn't well be surprised?
2: people don't know what to believe anymore no matter where they read it people don't know what to believe
4: well when Derek gould said it's not true then they believed it see what i'm saying oh
2: that they didn't want to believe it
4: <laughs> that's right which was how the rams were able to kind of sneak out the back door because a lot of people in st yeah. louis not on this program uh, were saying it wasn't going to happen. And, uh, and they were able to work that over for about three or four years. Uh, so with that said, uh, I read from Jorge Castillo of the Los Angeles Times. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, he has been covering baseball uh, for a while. Uh, he joined the Los Angeles Times in 2018. Uh, he had been at the Washington Post before that, uh, and he graduated from Yale. But yeah, yesterday, he just decided to make crap up. Did he? Yeah, that's a Yale thing. Uh, for weeks, the Dodgers have hinted they would not remain idle before Tuesday's trade deadline. Team officials acknowledge the roster had holes. Bill? And they acknowledge they, they, they would they, attempt... They just mean that they have
2: places in their roster they're not happy with. It doesn't mean anything about holes. They're not talking about a hairier
4: hole or anything. <laughs> and they acknowledge they would attempt to fill them. Oh, gosh. See, this is why people don't believe the article. <laughs> why, because you feel like it's erotica? Yes. Dave Roberts predicted at least adding floor raisers. You like that? Adding no, floor I raisers? No, I don't like that at all. I like that a lot. This week, in the span of two days, the effort has produced. Kike Hernandez. Did you see the little dance he did when he returned to the Dodgers in the dugout? No, was Wonderful he Did Anybody see the dance Kike Hernandez did? He probably what was happy. He was. <laughs> He's uh, a good player. He is. Uh, he can play damn near any position. And Ahmed Rosario of uh, the Guardians, but the Dodgers might not be done altering their position player group. There's someone else out there they covet. Someone who wouldn't just raise the floor. Oh. His name is Nolan Arnotto. Oh. The Dodgers have engaged in talks with the Cardinals to acquire the all-star third baseman, according to people with knowledge of the situation, but who are not authorized to speak publicly. The Cardinals could also send a starting pitcher, Jack Flaherty, or Jordan Montgomery to Los Angeles for a package of major leaguers and prospects. The Cardinals would want young pitching in a deal. They have eyed uh, a number of the Dodgers' young pitchers. A trade would also also likely include the Dodgers sending Max Muncy or Chris Taylor, if not both, to St. Louis. Arenado has a full no-trade clause, meaning he could block a trade to any team. But he is willing to waive the clause to play for the Dodgers and only the Dodgers, according to people with knowledge of the situation. The Southern California native is said to have always wanted to play for the Dodgers. The admiration goes both ways. The Dodgers have coveted Arenado for years. They plan to pursue him in free agency after the 2019 season until he signed an eight-year extension with the Rockies. Then they wanted to trade for Arenado, and the Rockies made him available before the 21 season. The Rockies owner Dick Montfort mm-hmm. refused to entertain the division opponents' offers. The Rockies instead shipped him to St. Louis in a trade that immediately went down as one of the worst in recent history. Oh. <laughs> The th- this third quest has its obstacles. First, Arnado remains an elite player. The 10-time Gold Glove winner's defensive metrics have plummeted this season, but he's still considered a premier defender. Offensively, he was batting 287 with 22 home runs and an 856 OBP slugging percentage through Wednesday. Uh, second, uh, Arnado has four years left on his contract after the season. The Cardinals, while selling pieces this season, don't want to enter rebuilding mode according to people with knowledge of the situation but who are not authorized to speak publicly. They want to compete again next year. Having a talent like Arenado under contract for another four seasons at $93 million, with the Rockies being on the hook for $16 million of it, uh, a team-friendly price helps the cause. For the Dodgers, taking on that money, while still relatively a good deal for Arenado's talent, could be difficult to swallow ahead of their expected pursuit of Shohei Shoyotani. So why would the Cardinals trade Arenado? They don't have to, and they certainly don't have to give him away for an underwhelming haul. But, for one, the right package of players with young, cheap pitching talent could better position them for long-term success. And then there's Arenado's mindset. Arenado wants to win, and he was not happy with the Cardinals' moves last offseason, according to a person with knowledge of the situation. And I don't know what he wouldn't have been happy about this past offseason.
2: Well, they didn't do much to improve. Okay. That's your opinion. Okay, well.
4: At 32 years old, perhaps he doesn't see a real chance to win a World Series in St. Louis. Arenado, for all his personal accolades, has never won a playoff series in his career. His teams are one in seven in postseason games, the one win coming in a one game wildcard playoff against the Cubs in 2018. The Brewers then swept the Rockies in three games in the Division Series. On the Dodgers' side, Arenado represents another potential franchise cornerstone to partner with Mookie Betts and Freddie Friedman uh, on a first-place club. They are in position to compete for another World Series but believe the roster needs upgrading. So far, they've added Hernandez and Rosario, many reclamation projects mired in the worst seasons of their career while pitching remains on the shopping list. The Dodgers want to bolster their staff, especially the rotation. The options have begun to dwindle. Late Wednesday, the Angels acquired Lucas Giolito, one of the best starters on the market from the White Sox. After deciding to keep Otani for the remainder of the season, a trade with St. Louis could address that need and so much more. Doug, that's Jorge Castillo Mm
2: -hmm. of
4: the Los Angeles Times, and you call him a Yelly. Uh, So he made that up yesterday for clickbait, uh, according to Mm -hmm. uh, some in St. Louis. Uh, So uh, your reaction?
2: I would just hate to lose Arenado. just because I like watching him play so much. I think he's the one guy that you can't replace. I would say he's an A-plus an player. If I could put a grading scale on him. Oh, wow. He's an A-plus. Wow. And I don't think if you get a handful of C-plus, B-minus players in return that, that, that that's the way you ought to go. I can see why they would do it. You know, it, they, they're desperate for pitching, the Cardinals are, going forward. and I And I suppose if you could get three guys that you think might be in your starting rotation for the next three or four years – it's going to be awfully tempting for them to not do that. I would just hate to see it because I think he's a generational-type player that you don't see guys like this very often, and I I enjoy watching him play every night.
4: I would be really surprised um, with what what we are aware of. And by that I mean if Nolan Arenado is unhappy, uh, we would not be aware of that. And he was outspoken about his lack of happiness in Colorado, so we do have a pattern of past practice with Arenado when he's unhappy. Um, But perhaps he might be thinking, well, I don't want to be the guy who pisses and moans every time I don't like a front office's move, so I'm just going to keep this one quiet. But I would be very surprised if he wanted to move, and I would be very surprised if the Cardinals would part ways with him. I would not be surprised if the Cardinals wanted to part ways with Paul Goldschmidt because of his age and because of his contract status. Uh, Goldschmidt being up after next year and Goldschmidt turning... 36 this coming september but uh arenado did say in an interview that he is uh interested at some point in playing with the dodgers now this was before the season and it wasn't when he was being talked about being traded there um it was just kind of as a you know yeah you know it'd be fun to play there at some point maybe late in my career as guys sometimes get to play in places they want to play at the tail end of their career so just as a just as an aside and he is a Southern Californian, and that is where John Mozeliak went last year to meet with him before he decided not to opt out. And we don't know what was said in that meeting, but we do know that Nolan Arenado did not opt out after that meeting, and we do know that John Mozeliak said the Cardinals would increase their payroll, and then what they did was they signed Wilson Contreras,
2: mm-hmm.
4: who is now, per Bob Nightingale, uh, on the trade block and was removed from the catching position in the first week of May and was going to become a corner outfielder. And he's a guy (laughs) who, if you look at him, you go, that's a guy who can chase down a ball in the right center gap.
2: And then he started hitting better than anyone on the team, so they called up other catchers to take away some of his playing time.
4: And Kisner hit two uh, yards last day. Yeah. So it's looking good. Um... I, just, I, I suppose I'm just asking, and maybe it's just kind of obvious, and I suppose this is the way things work now in the last, I don't know, decade, two decades, whatever it is. If you just don't like the news, you just say it's fake? Is that the deal? Is that what we're doing? Because that played a role in the media being complicit in the Rams' exit from St. Louis, and uh, this certainly not being as malignant as that. But I'm in awe of, of the, this guy's just making stuff up. I mean, is that really where we are that we don't like it so and then Derek Gould says something we like and so we believe that and that's what I cuz I cuz I, I tweeted this out I guess I was the first person to tweet it it was written by the LA Times I didn't do it I just saw the story and I'm like holy crap this is interesting and sent the link and so I'm in a million mentions from people responding and so many people were just saying it's false and it was like well how do you how do you know it's false and either way I think there are a variety of elements of the story that are at the very least of note, and this isn't like that this is a guy who is the beat writer for the Dodgers and who previously worked for the Washington Post and now works for the Los Angeles Times and has a pretty impressive resume. Uh, so that, that, that part is a separate conversation specific to the baseball part of it. The reaction in St. Louis, if they were to trade Nolan Arenado. And it really wouldn't matter who they get in return because whoever they get in return are going to be names most people aren't familiar with. If they were to trade Nolan Arenado, I don't think we'll see anything like the reaction that that would get that we have seen in our time in St. Louis as far as reaction to a trade goes. I think there would be such intense ire because there already is so much frustration, in, in particular with John Mazalak, that if they were to trade away a guy who's under contract for four more years still is relatively young in baseball terms, and you trade him away, that would be a moment in St. Louis Cardinal baseball history and one of the more damning moments from the fan, fan standpoint, a lot of fan standpoint, even though from a baseball standpoint, it may make sense. And then also, if Nolan Arenado is pissed that he didn't opt out and then the Cardinals didn't tend to the rotation and he wasted a year of his career with this caliber of pitching and a last-place team. That's the part that we don't know, if he is irritated. And per this article, he is irritated. But uh, that part of the discussion, I feel like, is secondary to the fact that the article's just made up for clickbait.
2: It seems to me if, if their primary goal is to rebuild the starting pitching staff for next season, you have an awful lot of pieces you could trade that might net you a pitcher here and a pitcher there and and another one that might get you to that end without having to give up your superstar the cornerstone of the team I mean you could trade just almost anyone else almost anybody else and you would think a combination of some of these players could get you some pitchers without losing Arenado who's a superstar on a team friendly contract so for that reason I hope they don't do it I could see it happening but I hope I hope it doesn't.
4: The only way I see it happening is if Arenado wants out. That's the only way I see it happen. Because I don't know why the Cardinals would do. It. I get them trading Paul Goldschmidt. I get them trading Paul Goldschmidt and damn near anybody else other than Arenado, and Walker and Wynn, based on what they have said their goal is. But again, as Jackson points out, and every time I. You know, to talk about cardinal credibility. Well, John Mozeliak did say they were going to increase payroll, and by the letter of the law, he did. It did increase, but when you're going to announce that you are going to increase payroll, I think that there is an understood implication that that means it's going to be more than by, you know, a couple percentage points. The expectation is set higher, and I still believe that what their expectation was was well, they're going to trade for Sean Murphy, sign him to an extension. And then spend the free agent dollars on a pitcher. That's what I believe the plan was. And then they weren't comfortable trading the prospects for Murphy. And and uh, how'd the, that the, turn out? Well, it's it's certainly a matter of opinion. But they got this corner outfielder named Wilson Contreras, yeah. who now DHs and plays catcher sporadically.
2: And, and Murphy's in the MVP conversation. That's your opinion. The biggest thing I took
5: away was a source saying that Arenado was not happy with the offseason moves. And it's I think, something we all... I
4: couldn't agree more. Yeah,
5: something we all could have thought. But know, I don't speculate. think...
4: Here's the thing, and, and, I, and this isn't anybody's fault. I'm certainly guilty of it myself. I happen for my job to subscribe to a bunch of newspapers, the athletic, you know, stats, you know, fan graphs, take your pick, whatever. That's the job. Uh, so I then read the article... What happens in 2023, and what's been happening for, I don't know, however long, is things get passed around. You see the headline. You don't subscribe to them, if you, even if you do want to read it. Uh, and it's it's blocked. so you would have to subscribe or enter your email address, and people are like, F that. And so they just read the headline, and then they read the comments, and then they enter in the discussion, and that's what frames the mindset. So my point being, I don't know how many people in St. Louis actually read the article. Now, Doug, we were talking about it, I think, before the show, and for this one, the LA Times- uh, it popped up right away for you, so you were able to read the article. Sometimes these outlets allow you to read five articles per month before they put the, the block on it. Some people know the ways to circumvent the block and not subscribe, whatever the case might be. But I agree with you, Jackson. Whether or not Nolan Arnato goes to Los Angeles is one thing, but him uh, not being happy about the Cardinal offseason moves is another thing. Again, it's not like Nolan Arnato is on the record saying that. But uh, the writer for the Los Angeles Dodgers, the beat writer, is saying that.
5: Right, and that's the thing. It's like something we could have speculated that Arnato wasn't happy with it, but to see it written down and a source attached to it is eye-opening for sure and kind of confirms what we've all believed now. And it's not out of the realm of possibility to think a guy from Southern California, you know, who is unhappy with what the franchise did in the offseason in the year where he did take the player option or the team option, uh... It wouldn't be crazy to well, say he didn't opt out. That's why I'm um, sorry. He didn't opt out. It's not crazy to think that he would be a tad unhappy. and that, I mean, I how many know. times
4: on the show have we talked about Nolan Arnato left millions of dollars on the table? Right. But he was fine with that after Mazaloc went out and visited him in Orange County in his home. And then what did the Cardinals do? They start the season with the rotation that included Adam Wainwright, who did pitch well last year up until the final four weeks of the season, but he did really pitch well. There's some you know, revisionist history on Adam Wainwright's 2022. But Stephen Matz, and a guy with a shoulder issue who has pitched well, uh, but he was considered the key, and that's why they didn't go out and get more guys, Jack Flaherty, Jordan Montgomery, and Miles Michaelis. And you had, at the very least, understandably, two question marks going into the season for that rotation. And then you're relying on a young, unproven guy in Libertor and a guy coming off of surgery in Dakota Hudson. That was, Those were your plans, B and C, and you don't opt out and you don't tend to that. And then I would imagine maybe he wasn't as unhappy, perhaps initially, but then he is in that clubhouse, and so he knows what's going on with the news that then eventually became public that Wilson Contreras is calling pitches that guys don't throw and not spending the time to prepare for a game, to call a game for the pitching staff, and they're in last place in April, and he's going, son of a bitch. I could have opted out, made more money, and now I'm sitting on a last place team that's got no chance because we have no pitching, and the president of baseball operations came out and told me we are going to do something different. I would understand him being pissed off.
3: When Derek Gould, did he tweet that? Or was it an article when he said not true about that article? Was that all did? Didn't you say Derek Gould said not true, talking about that L.A. Times Derek article? Derek
4: Gould and Ben Fredrickson, who, for the record, I also trust and am a fan of, and I thought their show when we were at, uh, was it 920 or 590? The writer's block was a great show, but uh, my my powers were uh, not uh, not as... Not as uh, powerful as I thought they were, were and uh, they were let go. Uh, but uh, Derek said the following when I asked about it uh, on Twitter: uh, "Be better if you looked the stuff up instead of me."
3: Oh, I thought you. I thought you.
4: <laughs> I thought you had read it. No, he tweeted. I, but I want. I want to get it right. Um, so I'm just curious if he just said the whole article's not true or the part about him not being no, they happy. No, he cite or... what Nolan, Nolan Arnauto to date has not told the Cardinals if he would waive his no-trade clause on pinpointed one acceptable team per multiple sources. Teams can wish or ask Cardinals not looking to trade him. Okay. So the teams can wish or ask insinuates that the Dodgers are planting this, which is what ben Fredrickson's column this morning says as well uh to read what ben frederickson wrote uh if you give a mouse a cookie teaches a well-known children's book the mouse will ask for a glass of milk then a napkin and so on apparently if the nfl gives your football team to los angeles then los angeles thinks it's entitled to your baseball teams oh. future hall of fame third baseman too Uh, A media campaign that would make both Barbie and Oppenheimer green with envy continues. A small army of anonymous sources who speak on behalf of the Dodgers do their best to connect dots between Nolan Arenado and his home state heavyweight. The problem for Los Angeles and the Dodgers, as I reminded in this week's newsletter to Post-Dispatch subscribers, is that on-the-record comments made by both Arenado and John Mazalok sure don't seem to mesh with the left-coast media push. And I just disagree with that premise. It's just, it's just it's castigating it as it's just false, and that it's a PR campaign. And hey, if that's what you think, that's what you think, and you should write it. And God bless. But I just I just don't know why, like a reporter would just for the hell of it make something up. But you know, if that's that's where we are, then that's where we are. Yeah, he's a, rep- a reputable reporter. I don't think another columnist reporter should. Go off on a guy like that. And well, he decides. didn't go. He didn't. He isn't going off on the individual or anything like that. I'm not saying that. But I'm. I'm just saying. And it's not even about Ben or Derek, who again I think very highly of, uh, and like is his people. It's got nothing to do with that. I, what I'm talking about is the reaction from the fan base. Is that it isn't true. It isn't true. It isn't true. And it's going. Well, how do you know it's not true? And if I would have just isolated in the tweet the part about Nolan Arenado. Not being happy with the Cardinal offseason, I imagine that would have been more accepted as true because that fits into that which is popular in St. Louis, which certainly more often than not is comfortable with followers than leaders.
3: I mean, depending on the, depending on the young pitchers they would get, I'd do the deal in a heartbeat. I mean, not, with, not winning with them. You free up some money, but more that doesn't mean you want to subtract. Well, he's under contract but for four years, and he's a,
4: he, he is a hell of a ball player. Yes. he was under contract for four more years, and is thirty-two. The Goldsmith thing would, to me, be a move that I would make. It wouldn't work; make sense with the Dodgers considering who they have at first. But uh, you know, Arenado, understandably, is the is the target, and the control is of value as well. And he's a Southern Californian, so the pieces would make sense. But God, if the Cardinals were to trade him. Unless he's unhappy, but he hasn't voiced that he's unhappy. And as Ben Fredrickson cites from the All-Star game, I opted in for a reason, right? Uh, There's a reason I opted in. If I didn't feel that way, I definitely wouldn't have done that. It's a business. I don't know how it goes, but there's a reason I opted in. I do love St. Louis. My family loves it. We just want to turn it around. And then when Mazalak was asked about it, he said, I don't have any intentions of trading anybody like that. If you are willing to listen on anything, you have to understand, but I doubt that would happen in any scenario at this point. Not ruling anything out, but both of those guys have complete no-trade clauses, and I think from their standpoint, they want to know directionally what they look like for next year. Now, as Ben acknowledges, there was some wiggle room in there, Um, but he writes, despite what little wiggle room was left in those quotes, trains will continue to leave speculation station, heading west. Thursday offered the boldest headline yet, as the LA Times, citing anonymous sources, made multiple interesting claims about Arenado. So to me, that's, you know, dismissing it. And maybe it, listen, I don't know. The truth is, of course, I don't know. But nobody else does either. No,
2: nobody but Mosaic, I suppose. And And Aranato. I mean, Aranato
4: is the key one. And I didn't feel like Mosaic was saying, we're not doing it. Uh, you know, and I didn't feel like Arnauto was saying we're not doing it. And by the way, what, what Mazzalek did say, so we do know, is I think from their standpoint, they want to know directionally what they look like for next year. I would imagine John Mazzalek's credibility is damaged with regards to how Nolan Arnauto views it after what took place this past offseason. Not only what they did or didn't do this past offseason, and then the guy that they did go out and bring in and how that's gone with regards to him playing catcher. So Mazalok might be able to tell Nolan Arnato things all day long, but I don't know how he's going to be viewed after what took place this past offseason and what we saw play out with Contreras at catcher.
2: If Mazalak thinks they can put together a team that could be competitive in 2024, then you wouldn't trade Arnato. Perhaps if, you, if 2024 rolls around and you're not a contender again, that's when you trade him, maybe next year. Because you're going to lose Goldschmidt if you don't trade him. You'd still have Arenado on a contract for a few more years. <clears throat> and if you're going to lose the one superstar, then maybe it does require a total rebuild. But it doesn't seem like right now they're saying they think they need a total rebuild. They need more pitching for sure, but maybe they're a year early on an Arenado trade. A retool. Yeah, I think we talk about,
5: like, if the Cardinals were to fire Marmol in the middle of the season, it would be a reflection on the front office because they chose him and it didn't work. If they trade Arenado now and get zero playoff wins after the deal they got from the Rockies, that's more damning to me than firing Marmol.
2: Yeah, it's hard to believe what they didn't have to get up, give up to get Arenado. I mean, the Rockies got a bunch of minor league players that just aren't very good. And hey, he Austin mention- Gomber has hmm. started a little, but he hadn't been good in the major leagues. You would hope the Cardinals could do better than that when they trade Arnado.
3: And he didn't mention any players in the trade as far as the young pitchers. And I know they have a ton of young pitchers in the they farm They did mention. System. Yeah, he did. He mentioned. Did, they like mentioned four and five. Eighties. Yeah. I know he mentioned Muncie and Taylor. <clears throat> I didn't hear. <clears throat> I didn't hear the names of the young did pitchers. Did You read the article?
4: You just read it. Well, I mean, I, I didn't read it word for word because I'm not going to. We got a program to yeah, do. Know. Uh, yeah. Uh, Millerstone, uh, Sheehan. Uh, okay. Muncie, Taylor.
3: Yeah, Muncie. I can with the Cardinals want. Muncie. Home runs, RBIs, is hitting under 200, and he doesn't have a contract for next year. So,
2: Yeah, he wouldn't seem to be a guy that's going to make a big difference on your team. I mean, he would play every day for the Cardinals somewhere, but.
1: What's I it, don't Taylor?
2: Think, no, Muncie. Oh, Muncie. But I don't <clears throat> I don't think people get real excited about that.
4: The problem with Doug's point of view is if you can really trust Mo to make the right decisions. Can a player trust he'll put a good team for 24 after putting together this 23 team? That's from the 2-1-5. That's not – Then I know you're not saying that, so I'll jump in there. I, that, I think a lot of people feel that way. You're, you're entrusting the guy who played a role in what this is to then fix it. And I'm, I'm just telling you, I can't imagine – many organizations would continue through a season like this without somebody losing their job. The Cardinals and St. Louis, this is one of the few or only. And I'm not saying it would be fair to compare it to the Yankees or Mets or Phillies or Red Sox or something like that in the Northeast. Um, But, I mean, when you have expectations that are up here and you have performance that's down here and on top of it, It was critiqued leading into the season. In other words, this wasn't, you know, the situation that some organizations deal with with ridiculous injuries. And you still trot them out and you still have this kind of performance. That is an indictment on the front office. That's an indictment on the roster construction. And yet the same people who played a role in the roster construction are given the green light to reconstruct and it's not like it's been a real run of success. But again, because the baseball playoffs are now getting into a bowl game, uh, the bar is set lower. Uh, if, if this were the 1980s and the Cardinals had gone to three or four straight postseasons, that would have meant they won their division and only one of two teams from the National League that went to the playoffs. Well, now six teams are going. So it's a totally different thing. And one of the years, they side as 2020, which was a one-off. And uh, a one-game playoff in 2021 and losing in two games in in 2022. Now, 2022 was a legitimately good season. But one of the reasons why they had such success and ran away with it was the fact that the Brewers bailed in a move that will be talked about a decade from now, trading Josh Hader, uh, which turned their team off and they collapsed. And then, my God, the mathematical probability of what Albert Pujols did starting after the All-Star game. Uh, So, and then what do you do? You get Wilson Contreras. Sure, it's going to improve your offense, but then you don't trust him to, to be your battery mate for your starting staff, and then you don't tend to the starting rotation. And you lose Quintana, who is your game one starter. It's just really indefensible unless they're dealing with a financial situation with that television package that has made them have to pull back.
2: Well, if someone loses their job, it's very possible it could be one or more of us, because we did not hold people accountable like we should have. Natty Nate has said
4: that Natty he Natty blames. It's, that.
2: It's, he thinks it's squarely on my shoulders. So if I should get the pink slip, you know, it'd be understandable. We didn't hold people accountable. We did not put fingers in chests, and that's that's on us. We need to look inward. Every time the Cardinals yeah. lose another game, take a look at yourself in the mirror, fellas.
4: I agree with you on that. I agree with on you. Yeah. I think it's time for us to hold ourselves accountable. Yeah. You
0: know, that's kind of what I'm
2: what I'm feeling.
0: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
4: Uh, your thoughts are welcome. 314-881-TMA5. EDF group text inbox. 314-881-TMA5. Engineer Design Facilities is the sponsor. Of our text inbox here on the Ryan Kelly morning after. EDF is moving forward as the EDF Group, the most experienced data center and critical facilities service provider in the St. Louis market. Check out the newly revamped website, theedfgroup.com, and take a look at each of the three divisions they have to offer. EDF Group is your one throat to choke for all your critical facilities, data center, commercial fire alarm, and electrical and IT infrastructure needs. To contact the EDF Group, email fire at theedfgroup.com. Experience the EDF Group difference and learn more at the EDF Group dot com uh edf sponsor of our text inbox jackson tell the people about circa, a wonderful new sponsor here on tma
5: yeah let's get rich fellas doug why don't we i would like to yeah you you like you like millions of dollars doug yes how about 14 million Bill! that'd be enough that'd be about enough 14 million dollars mm-hmm. is all available there's two major contests at Circa sportsbook is running first up the circa millions that's got six million dollars in guaranteed prizes thousand dollars per entry maximum of five entries per person you must register in person at circus sportsbook in nevada They've got las vegas henderson sparks and Reno locations you pick five teams against the spread every week winner takes home one million dollars there are quarterly and season-long prizes as well and that entry in the entry that does the worst wins a one hundred thousand dollar booby prize hmm. they also have the circuit survivor there's eight million guaranteed to the winner or winners one thousand dollars per entry Max of 10 entries per person. One team, one, You pick one team straight up every week to win. If the team loses or ties, the entry is eliminated. You can only pick each team once in a season. If a single person wins, they get the entire $8 million. If multiple people go 20-0, or if multiple people are eliminated in the same week to reduce the contest to zero, they split the pot. That's all available over at Circa Sportsbook. $14 million in guaranteed prizes. Weekly picks can be made through a proxy
4: that you'll register with. From anywhere that's circa sportsbook. There it is. And uh one thousand dollar entry fee, and you can play that uh survivor pool and uh win. How much Jackson? Eight up to eight million dollars. Up though. to eight million dollars, yeah. dog. You're the baby. sole winner. you not home eight either. million. Ship it. Might as well ship it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that be is uh, circa uh this is exactly like when i tell people doug and i are in a relationship but he says it's not true because he doesn't want to admit that he loves me that's from color buzz
2: i don't love buzz i've never met buzz
4: he was at the year end awards i believe he might have been nominated for rookie of the year yeah
2: really well maybe i met him but we certainly don't have a any sort of romantic link but you're not against it I am against it. Uh, mm. right. I just want to Who is
4: this, Buzz? Why is he chirping? Well, he's the Milagro Tequila Listener of the Month. Oh. Uh, in fairness to the L.A. Times, folks, the Cardinal Beat writers haven't exactly been on the cutting edge or bleeding edge of breaking news around the team of late. It's been quite the opposite. That's from Kevin's brother, Jack Demoff. Uh, hey, Tim, the B-Fib's reaction to the possible trade is similar to Iggy and his belief in extraterrestrials. They know it's true. They just don't want to believe it. That's from MJ from the wealthy part of... North City. It is 100% possible that the Dodgers called the Cardinals and asked about Nolan. Mo had the conversation but said no, and then this article would still be accurate, as well as the Cardinals not trading Nolan. That's from the 314. Certainly, anything is possible. I think, as Jackson said, the part that's most intriguing to me is that Nolan Arnauto, per Jorge Castillo of the Los Angeles Times, is unhappy about what the Cardinals did this past offseason, because why is that so important to me not just because he would be unhappy i think a lot of people in st louis were unhappy or confused is the way i would describe myself by what they did then you have motive that is why it is relevant to the conversation because on the surface you go why in the hell would the cardinals trade him it makes no sense i think people would understand goldschmidt not everybody don't get me wrong but that one at least would make a little more sense why would they trade Arenado? well he wants to be traded oh then that gives you the motive for it. But that has not been said, and Arnato was certainly vocal in his criticism of the Rockies' front office. So that is why that stands out to me in that article. Why
2: do you suppose a player who's not from here, who could play anywhere, loves playing in St. Louis? Fans. Well, they've got fans in L.A. They've got more fans going to Dodger games than we got going I think, it, I think
4: it depends on your personality. I think you can apply this... For example, to Matthew Kachuk, who, you know, certainly making that kind of money and living in South Florida uh, was attractive. But in Calgary and also in St. Louis, you have no privacy. And now you might like that and you might like being getting all of the attention. Um, And maybe guys liked it before the smartphone era. But I think for a lot of guys, they don't want it and they want to get away from a spot where... But if you, you know, so, and by that, on the other side of it, if you don't like the nonsense and the tabloidy reporting, reporting, uh, you might not want to play and take your pick of whatever coastal city that would have that. And so, to me, Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arnado, even though they're superstars and potential Hall of Famers, St. Louis is a good fit because they strike me as guys who have zero interest in the nonsense, you know? And yeah, the climate may suck, but... You know, you can spend the other six months of the year in your seventy-five degrees, eighty degrees every day.
2: Yeah, I just wonder. Really, when the team is a contender, I, I can I can understand it. Yeah, everybody wants to play on a team that's good. But the team is not a contender anymore. And you'd think there's plenty of places where you could go where they might like the manager, and the team is a contender, and maybe a little bit more exciting place to live if you're a twenty or thirty something guy.
4: Well, like for John Carlos Stanton, he didn't want to come here. Yeah. So it just depends. Yeah. But, I mean, that's a guy who grew up in California, lived in a condo on the water in Miami, and was single. You can understand why, you know, that might not have been appealing to him. And I think he wanted some marketing deals.
2: I can see where the the living here is a lot easier than it is in L.A., where you can get in your car and actually go somewhere in 20 minutes. There is that. People just don't like the, the big city that much. But I, I, beyond that, I'm not sure what else, what else we're offering professional athletes at this point.
4: Fans, Jackson said it. The best
2: ones, yeah. A- and they're expected clear, to, clear to pay for to, to play for no money, just for the love of the game. Right.
4: I've always heard that the Rascal Flats bar is a big reason for players to come here, opposed to other destinations. Yeah. Some Scotts Wrinkle balls.
2: Now I, I get why they stay here afterwards. You know, take Ozzie Smith for example. He's from L.A. too. He's not from here.
4: Compton.
2: But when he's in St. Louis, he is the king. You know, he is a big deal.
4: And he handles it, as we talked about yesterday yeah. or two days ago. I mean, as Perfectly. well as any— Oh, my yeah. God.
2: Everybody loves him. He can go anywhere and do anything and be told how great he is all the time. If he moves back to L.A., he's, he's probably lost in the crowd for the most part. Right,
4: but it depends on if you want that or not. Yeah, I mean, Matthew Kachuk can be anonymous in South Florida. Right, well, when they're
2: playing, they probably don't want it. When it's over and you get to be a, an older gentleman, it's probably wonderful for the ego to, to know that you're still <laughs> but appreciated it, and,
4: it and well-liked. But again, that's a personality thing. Some people want nothing to do with it. Uh, Doug, you're taking shrapnel from Ken's Wedding Toast. No. Doug, the franchise and fan base are still looked at as unique despite this year. Not everyone hates it here as much as you do from <laughs> Ken's Wedding
2: Toast. <laughs> I don't hate it here. I'm from here. That's why I live here. <laughs> I'm wondering if, if I wasn't from here and I could live anywhere, and I had more money that I could possibly spend, I'm just wondering why St. Louis is more attractive than most of the other cities for players. There are other places that win also.
4: Maybe yeah, but the Cardinals just... year in and year out, they know they're going to be in the mix, and I think that's one of the things that both Goldschmidt and Arenado have been in, in, insinuating the last few weeks when asked about it, is that you, know, you come here and you know that even though this year is a bad year, that you believe that they will, quote-unquote, do their damnedest to fix it. But again, that's why I go back to this would be noteworthy news if Arenado really is unhappy, and you can't blame him if he's unhappy. We talked about that during the offseason. Like, he opted—he chose not to opt out, and they go out and get Contreras, and we're sitting there looking at the pitching staff going, God, I guess it'll be good enough to win the Central, but isn't they going to compete in the playoffs most likely? And, and that was before we even had any idea of Contreras, you know, calling for knuckleballs from Flaherty, you know.
2: <laughs> Is that the pitch you want to give me the old knuckler?
3: <laughs> Unfortunately, that's how the Cardinals have thought for a lot of years now. That we, they sell the tradition. We yeah. have enough to win this division, so we're fine. Then they get a year where they don't have enough to win the division, and they suck, which hasn't happened often. But every year, it's, yeah, we got enough to win this division, we'll be fine. You, you can't think like that. They've been thinking like that for a long time now. Yeah. Doug, that's
4: enough. Mm. That's from Grant, the Lake of the Ozarks King. <laughs> <laughs> that's enough. Hey, Grant. You know, Grant is he one of your Ladue guys? No. Well, but anytime a Lake of the
5: Ozarks King texts in, I feel we gotta say hi.
2: We know. We know living here that St. Louis certainly has its issues with high crime and a limited nightlife and winter. I just maybe it's thought of more highly by other people than we are living here
4: i i, I just keep going back to i think it depends on your person it makes all the sense in the world that john carlos stanton didn't want to be here but it makes all the sense in the world to me that paul goldschmidt wanted to be here and arnauto because now if the cardinals were a terrible franchise it wouldn't make any sense but if what you care about is winning and you know that you're going to have a franchise, at least in your mind, that is committed to doing everything they can to get into the postseason, then that's got value. That's what I think. Now, I don't know that, of course. Um, you know, now if Goldschmidt makes his home here and Arnato makes his home here, you know, year-round and then lives here afterwards, then that would that would be saying something. You certainly see a lot of the hockey players live here year-round. Yeah,
2: they don't want to move back to
4: Canada. But they're also, you know, coming from, as you just made reference mm-hmm. to, Canada. And Arnato's coming from... Growing up in, in Southern California. Where's Goldschmidt from?
2: Houston, Texas. That's right, yeah. that's
4: right, Texas. Yeah, he's uh, he was an Astros fan growing up. Yeah. Uh there's also more Cardinal News. Uh oh, and John Denton was on 101 ESPN yesterday talking about that with regards to a contract extension. We'll have that for you <laughs> on the other side. Good. Easy. Yeah, getting better at it. Uh this is the Ryan Kelly morning after from the Michelob Ultra Studios.